Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C and this is a personal project that I'm just really happy to be doing because it's high time that somebody told the stories of the people whose voices you hear on the airwaves. That's what this podcast is all about. It's about radio, the industry, the people, the experiences, the stories, the laughter, the tears, the struggle, and hopefully a little bit of triumph in between. Before I get into my next guest, though, I have to give a special shout out to all of my friends and family members at Podcast Network Asia because they are the reason why this podcast is even off the ground. In fact, PNA has been working tirelessly to provide new content throughout the pandemic because Lord knows how hard it is to just try to get your mind off of the stress while we're all still trying to make ends meet. So, Podcast Network Asia, big ups and big salutes to everybody there because creating new content in the time of the coronavirus is no joke. And speaking of content, you might want to check out some of the other shows under our umbrella, including the other podcast I host alongside my friends, Romoran, Chino Liao, and Raf Camos. It's the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. Yeah, that is a joke and a gag on that line Michael Cole used to say when he used to introduce Monday Night Raw back in the early 2010s. Anyway, you can check out some of our other shows on Podcast Network Asia as well, like the All In Podcast, which is all about the stories of the people who are living their authentic selves. It's all about the people who are living all in. You can listen to Noel Naguiet as he talks to entrepreneurs and industry movers and shakers from all over the world. And you can check all of that out on Spotify as well as Podcast Network Asia's social media feeds. It's facebook.com slash podcastnetworkasia, at podcastnetasia on Twitter, and at podcastnetworkasia on Instagram. Now let's get to my next guest who is somebody whose company I actually enjoy. In fact, I love talking to this person which is not something you can always say about your boss. I'm not even kidding. I actually legitimately enjoy talking to my boss. My next guest is my station manager over at Wave 89.1. It's all good. It's also the only R&B and hip-hop radio station in Metro Manila. He's been in the radio industry since he was a college student, kind of like me, except he started about a year earlier at the age of 19. Since then... He's worked for stations like Magic 89.9 and 103.5 Max FM, having served in different capacities as radio DJ, station manager, station voice, and he's even been a consultant and a voice talent for other radio stations outside Metro Manila. You can also hear his voice on merch plugs about certain events, from wrestling events like the WWE Live event here in Manila to concerts of boy bands or other musical acts that promoters bring here to the Philippines. He's also a music producer, 
and has worked in events, so he's really dabbled in all sorts of jobs and titles and, well, aspects of the entertainment industry. It is an honor and privilege to get to talk to my boss in a setting like this where I'm the one asking the questions, I'm the one interviewing him, and he actually lets loose. Like, for a while, it doesn't feel like I'm talking to my boss. So on deck is another legitimate legend in the radio industry, one of the people who helped fuel Magic 89.9 to its spot right now as one of the best top 40 stations here in Metro Manila. He used to be known as Sergeant Pepper, but over the years, it's been shortened to the name we affectionately call him by. We call him Sarge, and he's on deck. kind of weird to be interviewing your boss because normally this is something that happens the other way around. Your boss talks to you <laughs> and they ask you questions about stuff. But um, that's why I'm pretty lucky that I get to do this episode of On Deck because On Deck, I've got another legitimate legend in the local radio industry. Someone who has managed several different radio stations throughout his career and he is the current station manager of Wave 89.1 after Three decades in the radio industry. Please welcome my boss, the great Sergeant Pepper or Sarge. How's it going, Sarge? I'm okay. Thank you for inviting me. That was uh, well. Those are nice words, really. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. it's crazy that we even get to have a conversation like this, especially in the time of the pandemic, Niba. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. How have you been coping? How have you been keeping yourself sane since we're all, we've all been stuck at home? Well, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, I try to keep myself busy. Uh, you know, Naman, that we're automated. So, you know, I, I try to pick into that automation once in a while. I work with Danny for the, you know, like updating of music. And most of all, uh, I do a lot of video editing for Tudung Kali because now it's guests from home. So those are the things that really make me sane. Uh, I was on the brink of having a cabin fever and, you know, and, you know, I don't know how to how to you know like get out of that. So once in a while, I drive inside the village, uh-huh. <laughs> like for fifteen minutes, you know, just to get the the air. I actually saw you post on Instagram that you went to the station and you you just spun and and uh, broadcasted yeah. live from there without turning on the mic. How was that like? Especially since that time, we missed the booth. I missed the booth. It's uh yeah I, I really missed it uh, I I went there uh to do some some uh, well technical rehearsals with the tech and I said why not you know I should I should sit there for a while you know play some songs do a little a- uh, ad lib and well that was enough I think ten minutes was enough for me to say okay I'm good you know I just <laughs> have to do it <laughs> I don't have to spend like an hour you know like conti lang just a little kick uh huh. Uh, I'm looking at your home studio right now. It's uh, like for me, that's goals, obviously. Um, you know, uh, for, for all of us who work in the radio industry, in the voiceover industry, to just have that setup, it's really become more important, Lalo, that yes. we're all stuck yes. in, our, in our own homes, in our own rooms. Mm-hmm. How long did that uh, take to put together, yung setup? You know, I mean, like uh, for those who are watching us on video, it's a very elaborate setup with pop filters and booms and speakers and all that. It, actually, it's 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 a long process, you know. Like when you when you first get your 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 uh, your pay, and then you get to buy a piece of whatever you want. So I started with the uh, the most important thing is the microphone and the mixer, and then you know as 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 you go, you get to improve your equipment. So uh, like I used to do VOs for for MTV, 
and everything is uh, you don't need to go to the, the studio because email lahat eh. that's the magic of the internet so uh, I do a lot of concert voiceovers and uh, that got me started with the equipment actually I'm not really satisfied yet so I have to upgrade again and it's always like that if you're into a studio you upgrade your mic your speaker whatever <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned yung being a VO for concerts. Like I remember, I think late last year or a couple of years ago, I was at the A1 concert because I'm a huge fan of boy oh, bands, yeah. as you know. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I bosses <laughs> Yeah, I, I love doing that. And and I, I'm also a big fan of boy bands. That's why uh, I, I I love doing yung mga ganyang concerts, especially when you're when you're really uh uh how do you say this into that band, you know, you get really uh, inspired to, to VO for, for a certain group. All right. So, um, it, you know, the, the, the fact that we're even having this conversation is still blowing my mind. So I'm going to start at the beginning here. I, I want to get into the radio origin story. Like, how does this all begin for you? How and why did you get into radio, Sarge? Um, wow. Um, it started during a, a summer job. Uh, my, my classmate, uh, is the son of the station manager of RJ100. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was like a few years after the, the February Revolution. Like, uh, they all went back here in the Philippines because it was managed by the military. So they took back all their, you know, uh, their companies, uh, one of which is radio. So uh, they were lacking staff and they needed a librarian. So uh, my friend invited me. Uh, I was doing a little bit of. I was trying to learn production, but uh, my my job there was to really uh, like list down all the records. And when I say records, it's vinyl. So there's like four thousand uh, vinyls that I have to put on like cards. Because well, I a computer There's no Excel. I don't remember using Excel before. So it was all on 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 the card, uh-huh. and and I have to clean all the records uh, using a, a face soap. Because bawal yung mga detergent soap. Eh. Yeah. And then catalog everything. And then just bring it up to uh, the booth whenever they want a certain song that it's not on the library. So I started with that and then I fell in love with what they do. So, uh, you know, back in my office, I would play a record and do my own ad-libs. <laughs> and you were in college at the time, Sabi, you? Uh, that was in high school. Uh, okay. When I was in college, uh, I don't know if you remember Makati Cinema Square. It's yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the only mall that has this own radio station. I was part of it. Okay. So, so in the mall, we call it uh, Rhythm of the Square because I'm so a big pa, fan of. For the of, mall lang siya. For the mall lang. Uh, so we do uh, mga announcements, everything like greetings. And I remember we call it the rhythm of the square because I'm a big fan of RT, which is the rhythm of the city. So <laughs> kind of got that slogan. Because <laughs> so rhythm of the square. And then um, after that, that's uh, I joined. Well, the first competition I was able to join is the RX Hotshot Jock. That was uh, Monster RX93. So I was one of the finalists, but I didn't make it. Uh-huh. So, you know, I have to practice on my own because during that time, uh, you don't get to have like a mentor to teach you, especially if you're not yet on radio. So, yep. uh, yeah, you have to uh, do it on your own. And then uh, finally, uh, I applied uh, 
I, I, I had my resume ready. I went to Philcomsen to apply for uh, uh, WKC, which is the station to be at that time. It was during the 90s. And I was looking at the, the building directory and looking at, you know, trying to look for, uh, for uh, WKC. And, and I saw magic on the directory. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to pass for KC. I'm just going to go here. So magic. I don't know the station. So At the time, magic up, wasn't magic yet. No, no. I, I, nobody listens to magic. My, my sister listens to magic because of love notes. And that's Joe why Mango, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jonah, Mango. he was ahead of me a year. So I went there and then they got my, my demo tape, the cassette tape. And, you know, like after a few meetings, they asked me to improve on this, improve on that. And then I got my first stint. Uh, doing the 10, a, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. slot. Yung Philcom Sen for the listeners, um, that was the classic building in Pasay, tama po ba? Pasay, right, no, right beside uh, Robertson's Galleria. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that oh. building is gone. Uh, that's where yeah, Mellow yeah, used to be it. in the Mellow Touch Days. Uh, Magic used to be there. I think there were other stations that were there aside from yeah, Magic the, and Mellow. WKC, and uh, the, the, the other... Um, AM stations as well. So uh, I, I kind of want to go back to the college part because I'm very curious. Like, which college or university did you attend? And did you have background in like MassCom or broadcasting that kind of helped you uh, learn things on your own? Because you mentioned you were trying to teach yourself all of these things about radio. Uh, well, I wasn't really sure what to take during that time. Uh, so I, I kind of stopped for a year. And that was the time when I started working for RJ. And, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to meet him in person, you know, like see him every day and admire his singing prowess because I used to watch him uh, sing in his little club and he actually asked me to do the lighting there. So, it, you know, like I had so many uh, experiences uh, just by joining RJ, but not as a DJ. So more on the technical stuff. Um, after a year, I, uh, I took up mechanical engineering in Don Bosco for a year. Okay. Because my dad wanted me to take that, but I really wanted to take flying. So after a year, again, I enrolled at uh, a school in in a domestic road, but uh-huh. not Pats. It's uh, Airling Aviation. So I was taking up uh, three courses <laughs> at the same time because you have to make up for the time that I lost. So I took up the prerequisite for for taking a pilot course is the uh, aircraft uh, technician. So you, uh-huh. it's like, you know, like uh, an automotive technician, something like that, yeah. but it's, it's more on plane. So uh, that's prerequisite. And I got uh, sort of parang, uh, interested in taking aerospace engineering. So I took that course as well uh, before uh, I was taking uh, flying lessons, which is during the evening. I never got to really fly plane because during that time, it was the time when I went to apply for, for magic. Okay. So uh, it's all history. Yung uh, the Makati Cinema Square Radio days. Um, did you guys get paid for that? And was that uh, something that the mall did on their own? they funded that. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, we got paid for that by playing commercials of the tenants. Ah, so we, okay. we are like our own little world. So uh, we play commercials from each end, uh, each uh, uh, like you like a shop. Yeah, yeah, even the movies. Uh, but we, we get to produce uh, their commercials. 
was that basically your first paycheck as a radio practitioner? Uh, yeah, I can say so. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how much that was? Because like that's one of my standard questions for oh like um, uh, uh, jobs, Are you asking right? about? Are you asking about the Makati Cinema Square thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and then magic, I guess, so we can compare. Because like I want to dispel this notion that you're in radio, you probably make a lot of money. No, oh no, no. Uh, it was never the case before, and it's definitely not no, the case today. No. Um, wait. I remember. I, uh, I'm not mistaken. I was getting like a thousand pesos a month. Uh, for Makati Cinema Square for uh, four hours. And I remember our commercial cost around 250 pesos per, wow. per airing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first paycheck uh, when I was with Magic uh, was around 6,000 pesos. This was in the late 80s? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 89, 89, 90. Okay. Uh, when you came into Magic, who trained you? Because I'm sure, naman, at that point, you're a rookie. Someone has to be just watching you and making sure that they uh, that you develop into the voice of the station that they'd want to project, right? Uh, you know what? Uh, there was no uh, no actual training like what we do now. Now you have someone at your back saying, telling you what to do. It yeah. was just you know after your show, you talk to your senior jocks and they tell you what to do, and but never. Did it happen? Uh, uh, a certain like senior DJ was on my back, and it was actually training me like a coach. So there was no really actual coaching. It was like uh, self research. You know, you listen every day. Uh, you know, I learned so much, so many things from listening to other radio stations like Jeremiah Junior. Those are the legends. Also, I, I was able to learn a lot of things when I was. Uh, at RJ, because every time I'm, I spend most of my time behind the DJ, you uh -huh. know, because I thought it was really fun. So, you know, I get to see what they do uh, during, you know, while playing the music, how they plan stuff. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I fell in love with what they do. You know, like they just talk and play music. Wow. <laughs> Did your parents you know, never uh, give you the feedback na hindi ka naman yayaman dyan? Or like, what kind of a job is that? You have to go in at 10 p.m. tapos 2 a.m. ka uuwi. Did you get that flack from your parents? Not really, not really. Because we were kind of over that. You know, like, remember I, I, I told you I stopped for a year? Because we yeah. were actually arguing, you know, me saying, no, no, I don't like that. And they were forcing me to do this. So after a year, I finally, you know, followed their advice to take mechanical engineering because... That, that was my dad's course. And then I said, Pat, I can't do this. You know, look, uh, my grades are really failing. And then when they finally said yes for me taking aerospace, you know, uh, I was, my grades were really up there. You know, I was, I was supposed to graduate summa cum laude, Damn. but then I, yeah, but then I left. So my instructors were really mad at me. So uh, I, I went straight to radio. That's, that's, that's. That's the, the thing that I want to do forever. So technically, you never really got your degree. No, no. I only finished the aircraft mechanic uh -huh. because uh, uh, they were actually, there, there were actually a lot of offers for me to go to Australia because you know, they lacked mechanics there. Uh, my classmates already worked for NASA. And you know, I, I felt like, wow, NASA. And, and I'm a sci-fi person, you know, I'm a Star Wars person. So NASA is like the next best thing for me. But then I was on radio already and I was having so much fun. When you got the radio, did you have a name before Sergeant Pepper or was that the name natalaga from the get-go? Uh, my uh, 
Well, there were so many names. When when I was with, uh, uh, what do you call this? Makati Cinema Square. Um, I was using Nell Gallagher. <laughs> Sounds like a rock. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. Uh, there's a ring to it. And then uh, when I joined RX, uh, I, I sort of have like a Japanese uh, car- cartoon name. Uh, it was really funny. I, I think it was People. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then when I was mad, uh, at Magic, uh, I wanted to use Sergeant Fox, but they didn't like it. So, like uh, a few minutes before, you know, I start my board work, they were trying to brush through those different vinyls, and they found the the, the album Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with Peter Frampton and Beale. So, they they gave me that name. I didn't like the name at first, but it worked. Were you a Beatles fan even? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we. We sang a lot of Beatles during our rehearsals uh, when I was in the choir. So I know Beatles. <laughs> so my counting connection, man. Because like, yes. it, it would have been crazy if that was a name you were most associated with and you're like, I'm not even a Beatles fan. Yeah, and, and remember, I worked for more than a year at RJ. So my, my music uh, well, influence was were basically the old stuff. So I, I, I was able to uh, learn Beatles and, and other rock groups during those times when I was working for RJ. How about the other names? Like, you know, Nell Gallagher, was, was that like an Oasis reference? Were they even around at the time? Or like the Nell part, I get because that's off of your real name. No, I found Gallagher in another old record. Uh, not even, that's, it was even before Oasis. So uh, it was like an, uh, a nice match to go with Nell. So uh, I was using that uh, when I was with uh, at, at Marathi Square. Okay. So, so Sergeant Pepper comes to life, and then those first few years na nagbobord kayo as Sergeant Pepper, uh, what was his persona? Who was he supposed to be? Well, uh, for one thing, everything's related. Because um, when I was in high school, uh, I love war films. I joined the, the model cadet. Anything okay. about you know Pearl Harbor, you name it, Vietnam Wars, I love those things. Uh, so when I was when they gave me Sergeant Pepper, uh, Sergeant was already there because I wanted to be Sergeant Fox or Sergeant Rock, but we're a pop station, so they gave me Sergeant Pepper, and I, I was able to go with that persona that I was imagining. So my, my show was entitled The War Zone, that starts from 5 a.m. to uh, to 9 a.m. We all go for a four-hour board work, and uh, I got excerpts from uh, Full Metal Jacket from all those war movies. I still have those breakers. Uh, you, you can hear people marching, uh, chanting some some march songs, and basically it's it's a it's a war show. But you know, I, I was never really violent <laughs> uh, yeah. in terms of, of my ad libs. It was just you know the the ambiance that you you can hear gunshots and and bombs and, and stuff like that. Yeah, even if uh, somebody meets you in person, like when I first met you, I, I I had this image of you because of your reputation and your history in the industry. But like uh, knowing you now, having worked with you at Wave over the last three years, you're not like a soldier. Like I, I cannot imagine that uh, oh, no. with this strict no nonsense <laughs> demeanor. You know, um, it, it it's just really weird to me. Nanakatawa. Uh, I, I mean, in a good way. Um, so you you start as. Uh, Sergeant Pepper in the war zone, pang umaga five to nine. How do you prepare for that shift, especially in the time you know, walang social media, no internet. What type of daily preparation did you do for that? 
I think the one that really helped me uh, in terms of preparing my show is that I have, I, I'm surrounded with a lot of people. I'm, I'm, I'm quite busy with, you know, church life during those days. Uh, we were like the committee, you know, like the committee to do everything. So I, I get to meet old young people, you know, like different uh, demographics. Because when you work in church, uh, we go to like yung mga, like feeding programs. And I was able to put myself like really down there and, and understand what people really needs. And uh, I, I kind of like marry that. In, in terms of my ad lib and and playing the music that they 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 wanted that would really affect them, uh, well you can imagine during those days music are really from the heart. You know I'm not saying now hindi na, but before it was plain and simple. You know like few instruments here and there, and then you hear the vocals and and you understand the lyrics. Ngayon kasi you know they try to hide behind so many metaphors before you can understand a song. Uh, before it was like plain basic lyrics and you know what, what you hear what you see is what you get so i guess it's like basic human knowledge to give them what they want some some pure uh from the heart ad libs uh it it's not really that hard to uh to impress people during those days kasi wala naman masyadong kalaban eh. there's no social media there's just tv and radio and and we were like treated like stars during those days like every dj were like treated stars how was that like yung sinasabi yung star treatment like um was there a moment that it hit you na wow i've made it were there were there people lining up at the door of the station just trying to get your attention or throwing themselves at you trying to sleep with you how was that like Oh, the last one, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were so many offers. Remember that chat I, I, I uh, like that like a long time ago uh, during the wave chat, and I said, uh, you know, I remember this song, you know, the the Shalimar song, I like to remember. Uh, uh-huh. I was doing the the evening show, and that was Friday Magic Madness, and then this teacher keeps calling and calling like every week, and finally. Uh, you know, you play that song and I'm going to give you a night to remember. And you know, <laughs> oh, oh, there were so many, like, there's, I'm sure, alam mo yan, like, DJs do that a lot of time. Uh, we do that, uh, we do the quickies in the bathroom, you know, like, you play an extended song that would run for six minutes and that's it, you know. Yeah. Like, some DJs would really cover the booth with newspaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> And then the technicians would just speak on on that show. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, oh, oh! Uh, you know, like we keep numbers. Like each of the DJs would like, you know, have like, need, parang payabangan eh. Okay, how yeah, many? Parang tally. Uh, yeah, we tally. We, you know, we keep tags and everything. Uh, and I, it wasn't really a competition for me, but those are things that you sometimes you you know like you just okay, let's do it. And and remember during those times, we were among AIDS. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was so, before Magic Johnson said that he yeah. had HIV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, walari kain takot, Like you also went for it. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> How, did, did the bosses ever find out, or like the owners? Of parang wait. I mean, parang naging playground na tong, Oh God, the boss sapan. does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You learn stuff like, oh, boss something like that. Uh-huh. So it's it's like an open secret to everyone. Like 
like uh, for example, Jock A, um, who's married, would yeah. cheat, and during like gatherings or family gatherings, we all keep quiet. You know, we keep our secrets. Uh-huh. That's how DJs are. You know, like in a group, we we keep each other's secret. Uh, you, 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 this is from the time the magic wasn't even the magic that we know today. So how is it like? Can you try to paint a picture for us? Because like when I started getting into magic, it had already transcended yung status ng LS because LS had reformatted by then. So what was magic like before it became the magic we know now? Well, personally, uh, when I joined magic, uh, we were actually looked down on. Like, uh, uh, when I say looked down, not, not as like parang na, you heard it, but it's like, you know when when you when you take the elevator and uh then you get to uh ride with uh, those big names at WKC like sila Mike Enriquez uh sila Hillbilly Willie uh we had this this sort of a professional competition that went kind of personal and they 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 don't talk to you you know they snub you on the elevator and then the, i remember our boss uh si Bernie sabi niya uh, sabi do ng KC, marami pa kaming kakaining bigas. Because we were so much younger than, than the KC DJs. Uh-huh. We were all single and the KC DJs were all married. Uh, well, most of them. But uh, for sure, they were much older than us. So they kind of looked down at us. Uh, if not for the love notes, then, then of course, magic won't be on, on the map. Uh, love notes was like the triggering point where people notice and and started listening to stories like that. Parang naging Papa Jack si, uh, si Joey during those times. He was the original. And we, uh, Love Notes kind of carried our magic, you know, all throughout. It had a movie from Viva. Yeah. I think dalawang there, there was a TV pa. show sa ABC. There was a TV show, yeah. Uh, Joe DeMago had like, uh, had a show with this sex therapist. Uh-huh. Uh, so, it kind of catapulted uh magic to where it is now but i can say that the djs were really working hard for it not only uh, for joe the mango but for every dj uh because when 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 you see the survey it's it's pretty fair you know for for the ratings like uh, i would go i would get this point joe would get this point we were all working together hindi yung sign on lang yung number one and then the rest mababana so it was really hard work for us. Uh, we tried so many formulas. But I remember when I was like a speaker on, on one of those KBP meetings and they asked me, uh, what's the formula between, uh, for, for magic? And I simply told them, you know, all radio stations are like coffee. You serve it with coffee, sugar, and, and, and creamer. And I thought magic should be like the Starbucks of radio. You know what we put different stuff on on it. You know we try so many formulas, but there's still coffee. So yeah. yung metaphor ko with you know in thinking normally because when when you create or image something like a person or not even a person, uh, you always have to treat it like a person. image uh-huh. like you yeah, in branding, you have a yeah. image, the branding of everything yep. physical. We even have a dress code for for magic. You know. What was your uh, dress code? Uh, well, during that time, I was hip hop, so lahat, you know, like big shirts, big shorts, and everything. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, we try, we talk and say, oh, this is our fashion. When we go out together, this is how we should look like as magic DJs. And it worked. So we had a certain image uh, when we go to different schools and do like, um, like re- live remote feed. Yung mga campus tour. Campus tours, yeah. We stay there for three hours, uh, remote broadcast. Uh, we go as far as Cavite. Damn. Solid dun eh. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 90s, when you were... Um, uh, when you were like relatively new into the radio industry or like your first few years there, what other gigs or rackets did you have to support yourself? Because as you mentioned, uh, what, 6,000 pesos a month or whatever it was a few years in, that's not enough to sustain whatever lifestyle that you wanted to have. Uh, there's a lot. Actually, there's, there's weddings and you know debut hostings almost every day. Actually, sobrang nakakapagod na. And uh, I, I used to rent a house in, in Pasig area with two other DJs from from Light Rock. And I don't remember the other station. Basta tatlo kami. And, uh, you know, we try to compare notes kung paano magsusurvive. Ako, like when I host in weddings, yeah. uh, meron akong doggy bag lagi. So I don't have to cook. <laughs> That's the, the best part of hosting, you know, mga debut and weddings because they give yeah. you something. Uh, and then I do, yung uh, yung mga VOs, I do that all the time. I remember I used to host for the top 10 sa ASAP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are mga gigs ko. Uh, I do. How would uh, you get those? Like, how did you get into events hosting or voiceover work or that ASAP gig? Uh, well, for one thing, see, ASAP would always ask for our top 10. Some and they Yes, and they would uh, get those lists and put it on their list. I remember it was sponsored by Sketchers before. So I do hostings with Diana Torres, whoever's the host there. So every week we do that. Uh, I remember because sila, sila, the RX Morning uh Sina Chico morning and Delamar? Yeah, yeah, they did that as well. But a GMA naman. They were hosting uh-huh. uh, uh, that Sunday show. So, uh, and then uh, some people I know, uh, mga talent scouts, uh, they visit uh, Magic. Uh, and then they would call me, you know, uh, ask for my number and, you know, they would give me gigs. And during those days, you know, I never get an empty room. Like the whole day, I mean, people would visit, would cut school and hang out. Uh, on my show and then hang out on Joe the Mango show. So marami talagang groupies doon. And you, like, you get like five letters a day. Jeez. Um, I asked Delamar this when I had her on the podcast the other day. Um, Kwan yung creepiest experience? And I'm sure it's different for, for a woman in radio uh, as opposed to a guy in radio. But I'm sure you had your creepy experiences as well. Am I wrong? Or did you have those uh, creepy fan moments? Parang, Wait, now we're going to have to draw the line here somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, like when you when you say creepy, like mga stalkers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- yung tipong parang harassment na to. Ah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there was this girl who owns a pawn shop. I I don't know how rich she is, but you know, like she would give me like every week different swatches, like different colors. In a way, would you take it? Yeah, and you're, people give us stuff. Eh? So I didn't realize na iba na. So, you know, I would take it. Finally, uh, she gave me this expensive watch and I said, whoa, why are you giving me this? And, you know, people would invite me for lunch, but she invited me for dinner. 
So, uh, dito pa yun sa Shangri-La, sa Edsa, Edsa Shang. So, I thought we'd just like uh, a simple friendly dinner. But after sure, that... at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kasi, well, for me, I was, I was, I was naive. I was 21, you know. So, I don't know what's happening. Uh, and then, uh, at the end of the dinner, uh, she gave me a, she gave me a kiss on the lips. And then, okay, that was weird. But anyways, so tapos na yon. And then she would, uh, she would visit the station and she, like, if she felt ignored, uh, she would start a fight, like, in front of the listeners, yung mga people who, who visits the station. And she yeah. would do that all the time. So what I did was I introduced her to another friend because <laughs> I couldn't stand her away. So I have to introduce a friend that and that guy had the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> better you than me. <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. So, ayun. All right. Um, when did you start noticing that, all right, magic was picking up and uh, like, parang ibang level na to compared to when you first came in, like the station was uh, achieving a different level of notoriety. When did that happen? You know, we start noticing it when, like when people ask you to host uh, like certain events, not only weddings and, and uh, they would ask you to uh, like, they would invite you for a debut, you know, stuff like that. And plus there were like three surveys, uh, survey companies that really, you know, give you the lowdown. Like uh, I don't remember, you know, I, I'm not sure if you can remember PSRC. Yep. So yeah, the survey, yeah. The, the, the survey company. Yeah. It was one of the most reliable surveys because you have points every 30 minutes. So, wow, okay. Lumalabas talaga siya and, and we were able to announce it because when you're not subscribed, you cannot publicly announce it. But during those days, uh, surveys are cheap. Unlike mm-hmm. now, they cost like more than a million. So, uh, uh, the first survey that came out, it was all over the news, you know. Jingle magazine, all the newspapers, you know, were uh, were saying uh, the new number one pop is is magic, and it it was like surreal. Cause pahirapan eh. I mean, like people treat you like like shit, like the yeah. other other DJs. I must admit, I'm not that good during that time. And these people, they're like gods. Uh, but we worked hard on it, and uh, I think it paid off. Like even the teamwork paid off. Natuwa ako dun sa mention ng Jingle Magazine because I only know that name from that sandwich song where Raymond Marasigan sings <laughs> yes. sa Jingle Magazine na tutong maggitara. But I never saw Correct. it. Like, I have Correct. no idea how the cover looks like. Hindi ko na siya naabutan. So, like, uh, that probably paints a picture of that time. Of that, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. probably our, our age difference, which is, like, uh, it, it's hilarious to me. Yes. Um, you know- so, sorry. Go- no, go ahead, please. No, no, no. That, that's where I also learned those Beatles songs. They have this jingle edition of all the Beatles songs. It's like like an inch thick or more, and it's all Beatles. And we had a tie-up with Jingle Kazin, and, and their their picture was like this little carabine. That's their that's their logo if if you wanna if you're curious about it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask about that point where you began to take radio or your radio profession to a different level. Um, 
specifically becoming more involved in the office, becoming a station manager, at what point does that begin to click for you? Na, oh, I'm not just going to work here for three hours anymore. Parang gusto ko na mag-transition to the office. Well, honestly, I didn't want to be a station manager. Uh, the what was first, the goal then? What, what, what was the goal? Uh, you know, I was having so much fun being a DJ because you get to do a lot of stuff. You know, uh, I was taking like different courses during those days because if four hours long in the morning and, and you're done 9 a.m. when everybody's just trying to wake up, it's, you know, you have a big, you know, like a bigger world compared to everyone else. But when they asked me to become a station manager, it took me a while to really accept. And those those first years were like sobrang hirap. It's like a real struggle. And you, you won't see me smiling anymore. You won't see me telling jokes anymore. It was really hard because, you know, all your ideas uh, have to be spread out to all the DJs. Like when you think of something, you don't have to think for yourself. You have to think for other people. And you don't get to have fun anymore. And then you start being envious to the other jocks. Parang, come on, yeah. it's not yet my time to, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I'm my station manager already. So it was really hard. And there were not, you know, I was, I was thinking of resigning so many times. And then the other DJs, sila Miles, sila, uh, sila little Joey would just tell me, come on, it's okay, Sarge, we're here naman. And they were right. They weren't really pain in the ass during those times. So, it it kind of helped me, you know, like survive my being a station manager for a year, uh, knowing that I cannot handle people well that time. But these people were my friends, and they were very very supportive of me. So all I have to worry about is how to rate <laughs> and to sell. Were you a DJ as well as a station manager at the time? Like, did you have to balance both things? You tipo magboboard work from this time to this time, then after that, straight to the office. Yes. Yes. Uh, my whole life at Magic, half of it was being a DJ and half of it was station manager and a DJ. Because I, you know, I, I was, I was really into, you know, like, they were like the microphone is my best friend, you know. Uh, uh, during my my younger days, uh, you know, like during my high school, I was bullied. So it was when I joined the choir that I found so many friends, like old and young, and and when I. Went to radio. Nabawasan naman yung friends ko kasi I, I don't get to join the church anymore. So, you know, I realized that my, my only friend is the microphone. And with the microphone, I get so many friends. Again, new friends. So, I, I don't want to leave that. I don't want to, I cannot imagine myself just doing office works. So, I still host Tunog Calle. I, I do the morning show with Tony Tony. Uh, and then the rest, being a station manager. I, and then I still get to think of events. So, how old or how young were you when you first became station manager? Because you were saying that you, you felt this trepidation that you weren't ready yet at the time. Uh, I started when I was 19. Uh, God, I don't even remember. Because um, I know they, you know, they offered me that position when we were still at Philcomsen, but then we transferred to Paragon. So I think... Damn, uh, 27, 26. That's really like young. That. Yeah, yeah. How did you overcome yung parang imposter syndrome na uh, you had that 
sense na oh these people at KC were the gods and here's me na may marami pang bigas na kakainin and then at 27 boom station manager how do you overcome that imposter syndrome oh yeah yeah that was really hard uh it's a good thing uh my boss were always uh, there to give us like the pep talk now oh don't mind them blah 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 and it was a good thing that during that time these people were already talking you saying hi to me on in the elevator so that kind of took out you know the that uh parang feeling now of the india accepted you know parang uh-huh. i'm just a small person yeah. and then when you know when i get to meet them during those kbp meetings and then you know they regard me as a station manager it you know it kind of opened the my eyes now okay accepted now finally you know and uh Plus, nag number one kami. So, <laughs> yeah, that didn't hurt. Uh, so, parang, okay, okay. Now, now uh, we're not those, you know, little people na marami pang kakaining bigas. We've proven ourselves. And the good thing about it is when we became number one, it wasn't only one survey. It was it was like like so many years na naging number one kami. So, uh, that was really, uh, that was really hard to maintain, you know, like especially when you have when you have a reputation to protect and mm-hmm. everyone working hard, you know, working so hard for it. So I, I guess the environment really helped me. Uh, very, very supportive people. Uh, and, you know, uh, you know, when I was, during my first year as a station manager, I felt like I was back in high school. You know, when yeah. you have to prove something to the rest of the, the university or school or yep. your class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned being on the morning show with a young Tony Tony. How is he like? Oh, wow. See, Tony, he was clueless of what he's doing. You know, there there are times that I would send him out in the booth and, you know, like, parang, go to my office and listen to, you know, how you do it. <laughs> you know, so many uh-huh. times, it's like, parang, you know, I, I send him to the principal's office uh, because we do, like, some some bad stuff. And I would normally, would deliberately come in late. Uh, so, you know, I I could listen to him like the first thirty minutes in in and hope that he won't fucked up. Pero you know like you know he every time he fucks up, it would make me drive even faster, like going to the <laughs> station. You know, <laughs> you know, God, I really need to tell him what what happened. You know, like hindi na maka relax niyan. And then I would like go inside the booth and Tony, will you please get out of the booth and let me do my show first? You know, like, let me cool down. I can't have a show with you know that kind of attitude so he would you know like go into my room and turn on the radio and would listen for like an hour and then I would bring it back again so, so it was send really, him to the principal's office with you being the principal oh <laughs> uh, and then he would just listen to my show <laughs> um yung uh, that persona of his that we're all familiar with as as one third of BNO or Boys Night Out was that already the Tony Tony you were working with, or did he have a different on air persona at the time? That's that's Tony. You know what's good about Tony is very real. Uh, I couldn't get him to do uh, any character that I wanted to be. Like you know, I can't ask him to be Superman or Hulk or Thor. You know, uh, per se. Uh, so I said, "Sabi ko Tony." You know, like you're you're a complete jerk. You know, you're a dork. Uh, why don't we just use your your you know your real character and make it as your strength? So 
sabi niya, sige, let's try it. So, we name our show Row 4. Okay. So, row 4 is like parang, you know, but when you're in your row for Bobo ka or whatever, you know, like you're the lowest. So, yung, 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 uh, the premise of the show is like we're really dumb. We're dumb and dumber. And people okay. loved it. People really loved it. We were invited in different shows. Uh, but it didn't really last that long. Because uh, I, I wasn't able to, you know, really concentrate on being a station manager uh-huh. and then again be a character. So it, it was really hard to balance that. Uh, you can be a station manager and bored at the same time as long as your board work is not that serious. Right. But like when you think of, oh, I have to rate, you cannot be a station manager at the same time. Mahirap talaga. Yung row four, sabi nyo, um, it was you guys playing these dumb characters. But you're not a dumb person. Like from uh, from all of our conversations over the years, you are not uh, a dumb person at all. So was it hard to portray that character? Uh, it wasn't really that hard. Because, you know what, I, I learned to accept who Tony is. And I was able to jive with, with this character. And yung mga ad-libs niya on air, those are... Those are not scripted. Those are real ad-libs of a dumb person. Kunyari. Pero, uh, you know, it becomes funny to other people. Because, you know, you know, when, when people feel they're more intelligent than you, they would listen more. Kasi, Sometimes being so intelligent is insulting to other people. Uh-huh. So what we did is, okay, Tony, you know, let's be dumb people. So, you know, intelligent people would start listening to us. We get comments. You know what? We would get calls from doctors who would uh, tell us, oh, mali yung sinabi nyo. Yeah. Uh, we would get calls from different people. Yeah, they would react. Like we, we, we discuss something about uh, medicine. We discuss something about uh, being a fireman. And, and, and teachers, they would call. They would call. They would argue with us. It, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing because it's it's like an open venue for people to say what they want, and we realize that it's working because you know they get affected. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember from our chats then before that you had stories of a young Mo Twister. Like, um, were you station manager now by the time he entered Magic and was on the rise? Oh no, no. Uh, Mo is is a friend of a friend who. Uh, Happens to live in uh, in Bulacan, but he goes to school in in La Salle. So his cousin first came here in uh, from from LA, and uh, he went to the station. Like most yeah. of the time, he would just stay there the whole time. And he asked me for a place, you know, if he could, you know, like if I know a place that he could rent. So I invited him to. Oh, my, I have an extra place uh, sa amin in Makati. So he rented the room in our in our house. And then finally, uh, I asked, I trained him to be a DJ. So I asked him to host uh, the flow because I couldn't handle it anymore because I have to do on Sundays. I have the flow on Saturdays and I have party on weekends. On Saturdays, I board at least six hours. And then yeah. I have the Sunday and then I have this daily board as well. Uh, after that, Mo came in, which is his cousin. And then he stayed at my place at then because he's from La Salle Taft. Yep, and then I would bring him to you know like magic gatherings, and then my station manager noticed. Said, "Why don't you train that guy?" Said, "I don't want to train that guy. Tegas ng ulo niyan." Said, "But he's he's very talkative." Said, "Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we talk until three a.m. 
about his you know like uh, life in 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 LA so like when i train him uh he couldn't he doesn't know what to say you know like pagka you know like when we talk yeah he could tell about bad things that happened to him but he can't say that on air so wala yep. siyang masabi so i finally gave him a show sabi ko sige if if you can't do this why not uh, host a countdown show so that's how er was born yung early returns mm-hmm. uh, but even before that i already have the final countdown so what i did i made a daily countdown kunyari that graduates into the final countdown and then i gave him miles as as his partner and it all started there so nakilala uh, siya because of er so um at what point did uh did magic get to a point na boys night out was put together and then mo twister became mo twister as we know him were you still with magic at the time uh yung yung bno is a product of all those stuff that we do i think uh, i'm not claiming it kasi when i had logan with me they have radio tabloid in the evening and they would read Shakespeareans on air okay that was really logan is a was, pdj logan for the listeners yes yes uh, so uh, it's like their own version of uh, Shakespeareans. you know Shakespeareans on this a tabloid uh no because i don't read tabloids <laughs> anyway it was it was uh it was a tabloid i'm not sure if it's from bulgari so there's this guy that writes a sex story all the time you know they send him letter and he would publish that so yeah. logan was accepting letters from high school students you know jesus so, yes very i know and then and then he sometimes he mentions the school and the school would send us letters, you know, complaints at KBP. So that was that was the, the premise of the show, eh? you know, like being green, being funny, being like, a, you know, so much testosterone all over the place. That's what happened. And when, when I left, uh, Tony joined uh, Logan, uh-huh. King DJ Logan, and Slick Rick, which is one of my uh, campus patrol. Uh, so, I think Donut developed yun eh. And then, I remember talking to, uh, to Sam. So, si Sam, uh, he was working with Play FM during that time. And uh, it was RT. And you know RT? RT is like, you know, like Rick D. Stop 40 radio station. And I was trying to get him for, for uh, 103.5. So, because Sam, uh, si Sam YG, so because Sam, you know what? It really, you know, it's not helping you as a person to be that kind of person. Like, parang unreachable ka, you know. You have to do a little bit of masa and stuff like that. I don't know if you listen to me because naging ganun siya. He came out with this character, yung love guru. Yes, he's Shivakar. Oh, and then he started talking in Tagalog. Uh, and then the first question I asked him, sabi ko, are you a Filipino citizen? Do you have a Filipino passport? Sabi niya, no. So sabi ko, if you want to you know be successful here kailangan talaga like really go down on on those audience level and i think it worked you know when he he had this this guru this image of uh, restructuring himself b- before he even joined the the bno and now he's he's sam and and i'm happy for him really really happy for him 
how does it feel for for you to you know have played these parts in iconic personalities in radio, iconic shows that until now, um, maybe they don't have the same 100% essence, but like yung, yung spirit of those shows or of those personalities is still felt in 2020. And these are ideas that came out in the early or mid-2000s. How does, how does that feel to have played that pivotal role? Well, once in a while, when you, when you listen to it, you know, I, I listen to piano once in a while. Naman kasi. And then, you know, uh, it doesn't, you know, I treat those shows as like girlfriends and then like <laughs> a break kayo, and then you have to move on. Uh-huh. And then once in a while when you're alone, iniisip mo yung mga good memories nyo ng girlfriend nyo. That's, that's how I look at it. Like, yung BNO is not actually my idea, but, you know, it kind of birthed that one because of what we did in the past. And, you know, when I listen to them, it gives me good memories. Now, wow, like, as, as a whole, when I listen to magic, it gives me a lot of good memories. Now, yeah, yeah, we did good, and now look at him. It's like he's our son, our baby, our child, and now look at him. You know, he's married. He's very successful. He's got a, his own family. That's how I look at. You know, uh, walang walang jealousy, walang envy, because that's how that's how it is. You know, like you love a person, and then nawala siya, and that's it. Then you have when to did start. You... So, no, sorry, please, please. No, no, no. Let's go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to ask, uh, when did uh, the run with Magic end? Like, what year? And then, um, how was that like? And what did you do afterward? Oh, it ended around 2005. 2005. Uh, it kind of plateaued on me. Na parang wala na ako pwedeng gawin. And uh, we had a little misunderstanding with the management. So, I resigned. And then I got into so many, you know, like different uh, jobs and, and experiences aside from radio. One of which that I really enjoyed was when I worked with the cable channel, uh, which gave me a chance to be more creative because it's there's visual now. And, you know, you need to talk to a lot of people because I became like the content provider of that channel. Na walang laman. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I have to talk to a lot of people. Hey, do you have a show? You know, I have an open uh open hour like for for this day for this hour and that's where i brought my tunukali as well and then okay. uh so naging creative talaga ako but you know uh like at the end of the day and then when you get home you know i still wish na oh, masarap talaga sa radio parang i miss radio first love so ba parang ganun uh first love yon so parang you know, like I kind of wandered in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. So that was five years, huh? five years. Walang uh, radio. And then I attended a wedding, which happened to be one of my former DJs, Teta. It's Christina. Who's now, uh, she's now with ABC. Uh, ang, one of the Ninong was Bobet, our boss now. And he invited me again. So that was the time when I uh, handled 103.5, which is Parang Sayaw Manila. It's a dance station. And it was really hard because no one really believed in that format when I, when I started that. Uh, only the DJs, the club DJs would listen to us with guests, club DJs and all. And then when, when they closed it, biglang nagboom yung ano, yung mga DJs. You know, they were like rock stars. So right. sayang talaga and everyone was saying sayang talaga yung 
yung Mac Seven. Time. Anyways, yeah, it, it was kind of before its time, diba? Um, the early 2010s. Uh, I mean, I mean, you had a few DJs who were already popping up in the club scene, uh, and and they were popping up at college parties and all that. Pero it wasn't until like later on in that decade, na uh, the Mark Thompsons and the Patty Chews of the world and uh, oh, yeah. David Ardiente oh. started popping yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I'm I'm not sure if I'm getting this correctly. But did, didn't you have a stint at Cool, Sarge? Where's that? Uh, did you have a stint at Cool, yung Cool 106? Uh, I don't remember. I remember talking to some of the guys. I remember actually applying to Cool 106. <laughs> but uh, no, no. Wala, parang wala eh. I don't remember any. Because I think that's where I first heard of you. Not not your performance as a jock, but like uh, from people who used to work at Cool. But I, I may be misremembering things. But like, so you did Max FM and then uh, Max FM reformatted to WOW. So did that mean the end of your time at 103.5? Yes. I, I wasn't really sure of going back to radio after that because I, I got so disappointed that when they closed down Max. Biglang nag-boom yung mga DJs. And I remember exchanging emails with the biggest names in 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 the like DJs in the world, you know, like I would they would email me like, hey, can I have a show on your slot? Uh uh, you know, like people from Ibiza, from Rome, from Germany who would wow. give us like mga canned shows. And uh God, I, I can't remember this. This DJ uh, who I used to, you know, exchange emails with, pero I can't remember. Anyways, Ewan, uh it was fun because, uh, you know, people reach out from the other side of the world just to have a show because they found out that there's a, a dance station in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah. So um, between, b- between your departure from Max and Wave, like how long was that? How long were you on the shelf, so to speak? Uh, after Max FM, I think that was 2011. Uh, I put up my own events company, so my my biggest client uh, was my phone, and I was all over the place, you know, from 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 Luzon, Visayas, to Mindanao, because I would uh, normally do events during all those festivals. So walang upset niyan from February. That's that's panagbenga in in ano. Oh no no not even February January, that's the mascara, the sinulog, the dinagyang. So lot lahat yon. I do events in in Iloilo, Bacolod, and Cebu. February naman Davao, and then I have, I'm sorry, uh, Baguio, and then Davao, Cagayan de Oro. You know, I would research for all those festivals, and I had fun, and and it's a, it's a big help for me, uh, when I do events in the provinces, especially when I used to manage people from the Magic Nation. You know, like mm. station managers from, you know, Magic Cebu, Magic Davao, Magic Bacolod. So, because you hosts, you'll just get it from them. Yes, and like, oh, meron ba kayo yung supplier ng sound system? You know, I would just talk to them. So it's very, very easy for me to do events uh, in those places because of my connection with radio. And uh, what else did you do aside from the events company? I'm sure you still did your consulting work and the VO work, right? So like you still had a lot of uh, a lot on your plate. Yeah, I still do VO, uh, especially with uh, Sila Ovation, the Viva concerts, uh, Will Bros. Those are the those are the 
steady clients. Yes, yes, people that help me survive, you know, when you're feeling down and you, you get to have a little taste of radio because you get to talk to the mic again. <laughs> so, uh -huh. okay, I'm back on radio and then I get to hear myself on radio. That was, that was uh, very fun, you know, especially, you know, you get, you get kind of elated when you listen to it, especially when you listen to it. Mapapanggin mo siya sa love radio, mapapanggin mo siya sa light rock, because I, I flip stations once in a while, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, and then I, I hear my plug, so okay, siya, you know, masarap pakiramdam. How did you ever get over the, uh, that anxiety upon hearing your own voice? Because normally we don't really hear how we sound to other people because of the way that our skulls are, are structured, right? So how we sound in our head is different from how you listen to me or how I hear you. So at what point did you get over that? And realize, ah, normal lang tong sound na to. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really a question I never really thought about. <laughs> uh, you know, when I started, uh, I never really thought that my voice sounds like Jeremiah, Rick Dees. Uh, in fact, uh, when I applied, hindi ko inisip talaga na my voice was like, a voice that could be heard across, you know, across different provinces. I don't know. It never really came up to me na ganun yung bosses ko or, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, like when I record and then when you edit your voice, sometimes I feel na ang pangit pala ng bosses ko. And like, I think that's for all of us. Parang nakakasuya yung tunog eh. Tama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, when I do a... Uh, a concert plug, like so, for example, Backstreet Boys, sila Lady Gaga, yeah, like sila Madonna. I, I didn't think that it has to be approved by the regional office. Uh -huh. So, like when I did the Backstreet Boys, uh, they gave me an original copy of the LA plug. Yeah, for me to copy and said, "Oh my God, what the hell is this?" I ko to. Especially with their valley accent or the Cali accent. Oh, parang, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not sure. And then they gave me another Singaporean version. So, oh, sabi niya, oh, sige, this is an Asian version. Maybe you can, you know, you can copy this. So, and then when I listened to the voice, my God, my, my, my voice was like crap. Uh -huh. So, that's like where all you, those years of experience, the confidence, pfft, God. Oh, Correct, correct. You know, there's always someone better than you. So, <laughs> so, you know, you have to be, you know, really creative in in terms of mixing your voice. So, you know, lang yung kailangan you need that that production expertise, you know, to adjust your voice. And because they do it, naman in the states, eh. Like when you listen to those, iniisip ko na lang, ah, pangit naman ng bosses noon. Magaling lang yung mixed engineer. So, ganun nala iniisipin ko. So I would, you know, like mix and mix and mix my voice uh, hanggang maging close dun sa quality ng sa kanila. And then when it, get up, when it got approved, sabi ko, wow, international na pala ako. So parang, you know, it's, it's really funny kasi, you know, you just, you just have to make yourself believe na okay na yun kasi may approval naman eh. But still, hindi pa rin eh. Hindi ka pa rin satisfied talaga. As we wind down here, I want to get into your current, uh, current stint as our station manager at Wave. And um, 
you know, you, you come in with the background of having managed a top 40 station and then a dance station and then saying, uh, yeah, you know, I, I love pop music. I love boy band music. And then all of a sudden, you have to manage a hip-hop and R&B station. So how is that from your end? Like, um, how did you respond to yung, uh, that call to manage Wave? And what were your thoughts heading into this brand new terrain? Uh, it took me three months actually to to say yes to the boss because you know I I know I, you know deep inside I'm a I love hip hop music, but I was gone for a long time, like five years, and to manage uh, an existing popular station, that's kind of a big challenge for me. Plus, like even so, like even if the boss asked me to manage a pop station, it would still be hard for me. Much more a hip hop station. So, buti na lang hindi nyo nahalata. <laughs> I was really having a hard time convincing people that I can do this because it's been a while. I don't know. I wasn't know? there yet. Oh, buti na lang. <laughs> so, it's a good thing that, you know, when I got into Wave, these people are already there and, you know, all, all they needed was a direction and teamwork. But, you know, a little bit of adjusting here and there, like the music, because it was so, like, damn straight hip-hop and no one could really understand it and it wasn't really doing good for for wave like okay you have expats calling you listening to you but ilan lang naman sila, diba? but you know we should really care about the people here and expats they come and go and they, they they're not really gonna help our survey uh rate or our ratings so yun lang naman yung sa akin, eh. like make people understand uh, your music uh, for for any other radio uh, stations. It's how you make people understand. Like if you're a complicated person, if you're a person that's so hard to understand, then people won't talk to you. They, they won't, you know, they don't like around people. You know, won't be getting up to you and talking to you because you're not a very uh, you know people person. So I guess you're relatable. Oh, hindi ka relatable, and you know, parang like when 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 you have this person who doesn't speak your language, you know, so to speak. Ganun yung nangyayari. So, my, my goals are wave is speak their language, even if they're not hip-hop. You know, make them understand that uh, every there's hip-hop music in every in everyone. And they just, we just have to wake it up. Yung parang, oh, gising, there's hip-hop in you, eh. hindi mo lang alam eh. But, you know, we really have to start them dun sa mga basic, mga baby steps. Uh-huh. Um, I actually want to get this question in because um, it, it's very interesting how people like you and I who rarely had the corporate background or the corporate training um, find ourselves in these situations or conversations that tend to get corporate. So like in your case, you have to manage us. You have to manage a team of people. You have to preach these values of teamwork and uh, you know cooperation and all that. Um, where did you get the training to just manage these different egos and then uh, be able to relate with different demographics from like the radio presenters to the tech people to the office people. Where does that training come from? Uh, well, during the, the magic days, uh, they sent me to so many trainings actually, management trainings. Uh, well, actually, more management trainings there. <coughs> uh, iba mga, mga life coach. So, I think I was able to nurture myself as, as uh, you know, like a people person who should understand every situation or every character of a person. Uh, I believe that, you know, you treat people 
differently. Uh, ako motto dati, different, different strokes for different folks. So, yeah. like when I talk to you, I have to talk in your level. When I talk to Dino, diba, I have to talk in his level so he would understand. Like if I try to explain something to you, I cannot use the same sentence explaining it to him. Eh. Uh-huh. Kasi he would understand it differently. Sometimes it would come out negative or I don't know. <laughs> diba? Kasi if I use tayo, nagkakaintindihan tayo, uh, I don't really need to try hard to make you understand what I want to say. Pero pag kay Dino, Iba, iba dapat ang words or else ma offend siya. I love how yeah. Dean is the example. I mean, I love him. He's my boy. <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we get on the same wavelength, but sometimes we're also on very different wavelengths. So I, I, I understand what you're trying to say here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for one thing, patience is really, really important because uh, I've had the worst DJs uh, you could ever imagine. Uh, like they don't follow rules, they, they you know they answer back or whatever, and sometimes you know it it came to a point na respeto pa kaya ako. Do I still have the power to be looked at as a station manager, a very credible person? Sometimes you doubt yourself eh? when people, uh, when you feel that you're being disregarded or uh-huh. you know ka na ng respect, you doubt yourself and then you uh, you kind of parang step away for a while and look at the situation. Uh, as a whole, you know, not as a, not as a particular uh, parang story, but, you know, look at it as a whole. And whatever decision I make with one person will greatly affect you, you and the other DJ. So, it's like a domino thing. So, you really need to be careful how you treat each other. Because you're, you're in one boat and it will greatly affect someone or all of them or everyone. I guess as we wrap up here, um, my last question will be about legacy because you've been in the business for about as long as I've been alive, probably even a little bit more. Um, <laughs> and, and that's not to make fun of you or whatever. It's like, that's just how it is, which uh, um, you know, it, it's crazy how someone can make a career, uh, a, a lucrative career out of it. You know? So I want to ask about legacy in the sense that what do you want your legacy to be? Because I don't think, I don't think this is the last radio stint for you. Uh, after wave, <laughs> after everything, <laughs> like when you finally retire, or you know when you finally decide to step away from the industry, what's what? What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy is very very simple. Um, you know, you really can't have a specific legacy when it comes to radio, but mine is for people to understand the real purpose of radio and to respect it. Our radio is not. For, for your pogi points, you know, it's, it's not to get the girls or to get the boys. But uh, you should understand that radio is, should be a part of you. And radio is just a means, a venue for you to express yourself and be responsible enough uh, for your actions and, and for your words. So I treat radio as like your parang... Like another person, you know, uh, your kumbaga is yours. If there's uh, the Senate, he's the Speaker of the House, <laughs> sort of. So, <laughs> yun lang. Uh, I want people to treat radio and just in case they want to go to radio. And, you know, first thing sinasabi ko, you're not going to get rich here. Yeah. 
So if you have, you know, like sabi ko nga, before you die, you should have a crusade in your life. And that is my crusade for people to, you know, to understand what radio is. Radio is your friend. Radio is a powerful means to, ex, you know, to say what you want that can greatly influence other people. And that's what radio is, you know, aside from music and entertainment. It's really one of the best influencers that you can have as, as a kid. All right. Um, I, I don't know if I can even end it on a better note than that. Like, uh, what an insightful conversation, Sarge. Um, before I let you go, can I please, uh, would you like to tell listeners where to follow you on social media in case they want to uh, send you a tweet or slide into your DMs? Oh, uh, my, my Twitter, Instagram is uh, just Sarge727, S-A-R-G-E-727. And uh, same with my Facebook. Uh, it's easy to look for it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sarge, thank you so much for sharing thank your you time so with me thank here, you so sharing your time with the listeners. And uh, ang, ang daming advice, actually. And I was picking your brain for all these stories and I probably was able to learn something new. And this is something that uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to have with you when I sit in your office. I'm glad I'm able to bring this out of you and share it with our listeners, probably with some of the co-DJs as well. Maybe we can all learn a thing or two. Um, so much respect for you, Sarge. Thank you for everything that you do. And thanks for being on deck here with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much once again to Sarge or Sergeant Pepper for joining me on deck and just sharing everything he's learned over the last 30 years and change. Come to think of it, one hour isn't really enough to cover 30 years worth of lessons and takeaways and insights. So I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the road, I bring Sarge again for a part two and we can probably go a little bit more in depth into these other things that he's gone through in the radio industry. Man, 30 years. That's basically my lifetime. Not that I'm calling my boss old. It's just, you know, 30 years in the same industry is just mind-blowing. It's crazy. So, you know, to everybody who's lasted 30 years in any industry, I salute you. That's no joke. So, um, much respect going out to you. I'm going to have to take a quick break from recording because I'm going to have to get my wisdom teeth removed. It's a procedure that I've been putting off for the longest time. Full disclosure, my teeth were never perfect, so I'm trying to get them fixed through aligners and apparently the wisdom teeth are kind of getting in the way because they're taking up too much space and my jaws are too small. So without you know really going into all the nitty-gritty details and all that, I have to take a quick break from recording and from work, which is weird because my work relies on me talking and if I can't talk, then I can't work. So the podcast has to take a break for a little while, but don't worry, I've got more guests that I'm lining up so that when I can record again, I'll be able to pick up where I left off and hopefully take this personal project, this personal journey into the theater of the mind into a whole nother level. While I'm on break, you can check out the other shows we've got on Podcast Network Asia. You've got our podcast, The Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, and you've also got the solo venture of my good friend and co-host, Chino Liao. It's called The Class Clown, and he sits down with professionals from various fields to gain a little more insight into the world we live in today. Accompanied by other fellow stand-up comedians, the topics are limitless, and of course, the jokes are aplenty, so do check that out. And if you want to check out everything else we've been putting out on social media, it is facebook.com slash Asia at Podcast Net Asia on Twitter, and at Podcast Network Asia on Instagram. As for me, if you want to slide into my DMs, you can hit me up at facebook.com slash stancyonline. 
or at underscore Stan C on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you once again to Babyface producer Ryan for putting this all together in post and to Gideon for all the artwork that goes into all of our graphics on Podcast Network Asia. Until then, my name is Stan C saying thank you very much and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.